This is the Laughing Mind Podcast. And now your host, Ethan Tuxel. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Laughing Mind Podcast, the premier mental health comedy podcast. My name is Ethan Tuxel. I am, of course, your host, licensed professional counselor and amateur comedian, and I'm so, I'm just jazzed you guys are here with me today. Really jazzed. A lot of, a lot of smooth jazz feelings today. Um, today is going to be a solo episode, so buckle up. It'll be, you know, if you're new, solo episodes are about 25, 30 minutes long. And then, of course, sometimes I have guests on. And this is all about the, the intersection between comedy and mental health. They're two of my deep loves in life, and I am just having a ball exploring them with you guys. So, yeah, today's going to be a solo episode, so... So put down your Garfield comics, put on some PJs, and let's get into it. So today's episode is called Get All Vulnerable and Whatnot. (laughs) So if you've listened, you've heard me name drop Brené Brown. Not name drop in a way that I know her, just drop on her name. I think I've talked about her on both guest episodes and solo episodes. She's one of those people, those uh, someone, artists, creative people who have deeply impacted and transformed how I see myself in the world. And if you haven't heard of her, she is a social worker, a researcher, and a New York Times bestselling author. You might know her um, books, you know, Rising Strong, Daring Greatly, Wholehearted Living, Slash The Gifts of Imperfection. She has a new book out, and she has dedicated decades of her life researching and writing about shame and vulnerability. And ironically, something that she has said and written publicly many, many, many times is that she, in her own personal life, has raged against being vulnerable and is something that she has hated, has had to wrestle with, and and the only reason, or one of the only reasons that she has dedicated her life and has moved towards this rather than away, is that over and over and over again, she has found similar results in her research, that people who live rich, meaningful, wholehearted lives are experts in practicing vulnerability in their daily lives. So, Just to give us all kind of a working definition of what I mean by being vulnerable, I'm just going to use her definition, which is simply this, uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. So that's what we're getting into today about how comedy is often a practice and playground for being vulnerable. So really quickly, let me just give you a quick background of my interaction with her work, and then we'll get into it. So... I read her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, in my mid-20s, and I am what you could call a recovering perfectionist, having rigid, unrelenting ideals for myself, and ideals that when they weren't met, which was often 
would result in shaming myself, depression, withdrawal, and just absolute self-flagellation. Just really bending myself over my knee, grabbing a paddle and spanking away. And not the fun, like, you know, <laughs> that's the wrong word. Not like the spanking that you could be like, oh, mom, that hurts a little bit, and then just get away with it. This was like those paddles with the holes in them. You know that that they would that they wouldn't have wind resistance. That type of self hatred. And then when I would meet those ideals, there was no joy or recognition or or celebration of that. It was more of just this like, yeah, that's what you were supposed to do, or like, you know, you could have even done better than than what we set out to do. So in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, she verbalized something that I had always felt my entire life, but never had had language for. And that was this, that a big part of why I was chronically depressed, chronically ashamed and fearful, was that I believed on a fundamental level at my core that I was bad, that I was evil, that I was wrong, and that it's a bad thing that I exist. It's a negative thing, which has turned out to be a pretty simple, easy definition for what shame is. Shame isn't that I sometimes do bad things or make mistakes. Shame is that I myself am bad. So for me, being vulnerable, whether it was in relationships and friendships in creativity or performing, was always terrifying because there was always that what if they what if they actually find out who I really am like what if they see me and see that I am so awful and bad underneath that so so far this isn't too funny huh you know like you know where the ha ha's and the he he's Ethan like Jesus Christ this is getting you know kind of dark and, and and nasty so I know just hang on hang in there with me we're getting there so, comedy and humor can be one of the greatest exercises in vulnerability. Being able to take these risks and expose yourself in ways that are like actually beneficial and helpful and and meaningful, um, you know, and and that that is a massive spectrum of what that can look like. Whether it's just you sitting around with your friends trying and failing to do a good Christopher Walken impression, like a like a little Bo Peep lost all her sheep. How sad for her! Like that, like that impression, or like you know, on a on a more global performative scale, you know, it's Nikki Glaser going on Conan's show before it went off air, and and her joke of that her vagina looks like a hastily packed suitcase, which is a genius, perfect joke. So in 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 both of those realms, in 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 on that spectrum, comedy often highlights and even showcases the most awkward uncomfortable gangly parts of being a human and rather than turning away it doubles down and shoves them into the spotlight so pete holmes who if you've listened to this podcast you've heard me mention dozens of time at this point and i should be getting like a i should be getting just like a free mounds bar or something every time i mention his name he has this bit in one of his specials where he talks about one night his drunk self, so he was drunk, 
he ate an entire sleeve of Oreos. And then he realized, oh my God, my, my morning sober self is going to see this. So in an attempt to hide that shaming and damning evidence from his sober self, he hid them. And didn't remember where, but he hid them. And the next morning he wakes up and sees a Pringles, an empty Pringles um, package or empty Pringles. I don't even, what, what, are the, what are those called? A Pringles sleeve? A Pringles uh, a tube? I don't know. He saw a Pringles tube next to his bed and opened it up. And inside were the empty Oreo sleeves. So that isn't a sexy, victorious red carpet moment. That is a deeply human moment that is like, I'm glad I was alone for this, that he just completely shone in front of thousands of people. And that is that is part of why I think we gravitate towards humor and comedy. We gravitate towards these these moments, whether it's, you know, going and seeing live comedy, improv, you know, whether it's watching TikToks or Vines. Vines aren't relevant, Jesus Christ. But, <laughs> but, or it's just like laughing with your friends because it is this release valve, this reminder that it's okay and actually wonderful that we have these parts of being human that aren't glamorous and aren't whitewashed and and you know airbrushed that there's joy in that imperfection if we're talking about vulnerability in comedy we have to touch on social media and this past week so i work with a lot of teens in my my therapeutic work and i'm 30 just turned 30 this year and this is the first year that i've been called old which <laughs> which is which is funny because I've felt 40 my entire life and I'm just starting to get to an age where it's appropriate to to think and feel how I think and feel. <laughs> so I'm 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 trying to just dance and delight and being old uh in in the eyes of my, you know, my teenagers that I work with, but but we, you know, even if even if this sounds curmudgeonly, we have to talk about social media. If you think about why we use social media and especially why we post on social media, why do we do that? You know, I think it's a pretty fair thing to say that usually it's to, to find a way to boost our self-esteem, to find a sense of belonging in our circles and communities. And often we're just wanting positive feedback. And innately, this isn't an evil or bad thing, right? Like raising our self-esteem, being a part of community, finding a sense of belonging, wanting positive feedback. Those aren't negative things, but there are a few fundamental problems with this system that have, you know, on a measurable level, negatively impacted our mental health. So social media isn't just this, social media isn't just this plain brown bulletin board outside of the town corner store where you can either post like Polaroid pictures or, you know, put up advertisements just using, you know, paper and pen or, you know, hey, I'm a dog walker or, you know, here's a poem I wrote. Because in that in that setting, you're kind of all limited to the same medium, the same tools to do that. But that is not what social media has become. I can post 
an unfiltered video of myself looking shabby, chubby, maybe with a little bit of a little bit of sauce on my face, you know, terrible lighting. I can post a video like that trying to promote this fucking goddamn podcast I do and immediately after scroll down and I can see on this same platform an immaculate video of Ryan Reynolds on a yacht with The Rock. And they've got their glistening massive pecs out, their sculpted abs with like the ninth middle one on top, with beautiful bikini-clad women in the background riding beluga whales. And whether I want to or not, my mind is almost absolutely going to say something like, oh my god, I don't look like that. Jesus Christ, I'm ugly. I'm just like a bowl of hollandaise sauce wrapped in a skin suit. Whether I want to or not, because humans, by nature, are comparative beings. This is an evolutionary impulse. It's part of what's gotten us to this point. And in some ways, you know, back when we were living in much, much smaller groups, in these mobile tribal groups, you know, 100 or less people... That was very, very, very different because you had a relationship with everybody in that group and it was this like, where do I stand here and what, you know, how do I function within this group? What is my role? And not saying that was always fun, but there was a fundamental difference between that and me being able to see these people who I've never met. And, and it isn't, it isn't a fair comparison. Because both people like The Rock or Ryan Reynolds have a team of people, a team of people making that post. They've got drones with cameras. They've got boom mics, camera crews. They've got hairstylists for Ryan Reynolds, and they've got dome stylists for The Rock, and, and they've got makeup. They have trainers and dietitians. And so, so when that happens... I'm not comparing myself to one person. I'm comparing my own physical appearance, my status, my influence power to an entire team of people that's making it look like it's just one person. And beyond that, so so even forget about celebrities. Beyond that, the tools, these tools have come to the masses. And so yes, while like I think it's pretty clear that these Snapchat kitty filters are making no one look better. And back when I was in the dating world was the easiest swipe left there was. The easiest swipe left. If you had a kitty shot, it was like, yeah, okay, we're not going to get along. You are a 16-year-old and in the body of a 25-year-old. No thanks. But for beyond that, there are teeth whitening filters. There are wrinkle removers. There are blemish removers. And I'm sure, as this you know, old 30-year-old man that I am, there are ways that we can de-blemish, de-blemish, my goodness, let's de-blemish that statement, de-blemish and enhance how we look in ways that I don't even know about. I once heard this metaphor that when we compare ourselves to others, it's like in a play, how there's a front stage and a backstage, right? There's the front stage where the performing is happening and what the audience can see. And, and, and that is very crafted and practiced and cultivated and beautiful and moving. And then there's the backstage where people are running around 
changing costumes, they're running their lines, switching makeup. And we, what we do is that we inevitably compare people's front stage, the thing that we can see, to our own backstage, what no one else really can see. And no matter how glamorous, how amazing our life is, we inevitably will always see the behind the scenes that no one else seems to have. That, that when we look out, it's like no one else struggles with this. No one else feels this way. And now, with social media, it makes it so that we can carefully cultivate our front stage, what other people see to look like this immaculate amphitheater, this play that is spectacular and beautiful and perfect, and then it's like, what is real? Like, what is actually real here? And this is especially true for youth and for teens. But none of us are above this. None of us are above comparing ourselves. And, and so now we all see this, like, beyond best version of each other. And so, of course, it reinforces this feeling of inadequacy. Because when we look at those images when we look at those videos and the recognition they're getting how can we not say like why am i not getting that feedback like why am i not liked why am i not this attractive so just a fun little statistic is is eighth graders who spend over 10 hours on social media per week are 56 more likely to report being unhappy than those who spend less time on social media 56 percent and that comes from an article I'll, I'll cite in the uh, the show notes. You got to cite people. You can't just you can't just talk. So what? Okay. So what does this rant have to do with comedy? Like again, you know, Ethan, this isn't fucking funny. You know, like make a make a joke about your gams, those fucking nasty ham hocks that you carry around all day. Do a bit. Do something funny. And let me let me tell you something. I'm trying, guys. I'm I'm <laughs> being vulnerable with you, um, but but to come back, let me give you let me give you another example of one of the ultimate examples of vulnerability in comedy that when I was when I was thinking about this episode just stuck out to me. So there's this show called It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, if you've seen it, then you know what I'm talking about, and if you haven't. Um, there are these, you know, five characters that are like portraying like the worst people in the world, selfish, horrible, just complete, complete awful people. Danny DeVito is one of the people in this, uh, in this show. And he's kind of plays this once business tycoon kind of turned pure degenerate. And he plays this guy named Frank Reynolds. And there is this episode where his two estranged children are trying to prove to him how terrible of a person he is. And that everyone who ever worked for him in his business thinks that he's an asshole. And so to prove this to him, they're trying to take him to a work party at his old job so that he can overhear. And he's like, sew me into the couch. All right, if you want me to find a good listening spot, sew me to the couch. Do it my way. And, and so... So he does, he gets thrown to the couch and his kids are trying to get people to talk, you know, talk shit on him. And, it, and at one point he rips through the couch and you see this naked, sweaty, red-faced Danny DeVito crawling naked out of this couch. 
and he's coughing and he's hacking and he runs away and you see his smushed butt cheeks as he's running away and it is so funny and honestly if you haven't seen the show pause the episode right here just go on youtube and you can just type in frank reynolds couch scene he looks disgusting in this scene he is wretched and it's so strange and it's so unexpected and it's this weird little vignette of like the lengths that people will go to to overhear things and and it's so vulnerable because there's no way that you can watch that and be like wow Danny DeVito is sexy or he's so powerful or he's so, like I want to be like him and that's part of part of comedy demands that there is a loser that there isn't always a winner it's not funny if in every scene there is someone like everyone's just looking perfect and interesting and beautiful losing is often the funniest option in in a scene whether that's a movie a tv show an improv scene a sketch portraying and embodying something that's unattractive and unlikable kind of goes against this narrative this age we're living in and, and, and it isn't just doing it for the sake of doing it. Not that that wouldn't be okay, because art can just be art for its own sake, but comedy lets us connect with feeling human in a way, in ways that aren't praised, aren't upvoted, aren't, you know, seen as positive. To kind of bring this all together, being vulnerable is such a important piece of what it means to be a person to to have a life that is meaningful that is rich that is that is uh has topography to it that that isn't just this flat line of stale shallow stoic perfection and we need to be reminded that that's okay because so often we're being messages that are either thrown at us from these massive corporations or individuals that we're not okay as we are, that something's wrong with us, that we're ugly, that we're stupid, that we're, you know, and, and, and this isn't to like stand in the way of us trying to better ourselves. Like it's not, it's not that at all. The opposite is true. People who practice vulnerability often are the ones who are able to grow and develop and try new things because the entire idea of putting yourself out there, of taking risk, of living in uncertainty, that is the nature of being in this universe. At any moment, all of this could end. At any moment, somebody you love could die. At any moment, you could win the lottery. At any moment, like we are in a constant state between certainty and uncertainty. And, that, and I talked about that on a past episode. And comedy reminds us that like life is not this picnic basket cultivated where everything is in its proper place and and where we have ultimate control comedy celebrates and exposes what is actually happening here and gives us the permission to be a mess to be in the process to 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 delight in the mess rather than running from it, pushing it down and ending up either letting that spill out, you know, in anger and depression in his self-hatred in complete and utter narcissism. So 
get a little vulnerable and whatnot. Try and practice this in your own life. And, and, and even just pay attention to when you're laughing at stuff, kind of what's going on. Like why, you know, what is happening within you? Why is this funny? Oh man, I've been craning my neck this whole episode. I've got, <laughs> it's hard not to get echoes in here. So I have like two chair pillows kind of leaning up against my mics and, and you know, man, again, I'm, I'm getting old, but that is all I have for today's episode, guys. So being vulnerable in comedy, I hope, I hope this, I hope this touched something somewhere in you. Um, so as always, I'm so, so grateful for you guys. I'm so grateful that you listen, that you tune in. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you can get notified every two weeks when a new episode comes out. And if you haven't already, please throw a rating and a review up. That would mean so much to me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook, The Laughing Mind Podcast. You get new, new updates there. And uh, ironically, I'm pushing my social media, but it's like the only way unless you have billions of dollars to promote something. So that's the conundrum we're in. And I recognize the absurdity of that. Um, but I promise I will never use teeth whitener on my social media. You'll always see these slightly tinted yellow teeth from coffee stains. <laughs> so thank you again. Uh, and tune in next time. I have an amazing guest episode coming up. No spoilers. And I will see you guys next time.